Listener Production. Okay, so we've got a big pile of gossip magazines. Antoinette Latouf has been rifling through them to pull out the biggest moments in pop culture of 2023. What have you found? Look, Tom, firstly, I have to put a disclaimer out there. I don't profess to be cool by anyone's measures, so I didn't want to put that out there first. But Hang on. I- hang on. Why are you saying that? Did someone say... You were cool. Well, I think when well, I think when I'm here to report on pop culture, people may assume that you know I'm in with the cool people and what's trending. But I am not. However, I do mm-hmm. spend a lot of time at hairdressers rifling through trash mags, and I am an ardent observer of the internet, meaning that I'm online too much, and I'm staying across the big cultural movements of 2023 okay. and what it's going to be remembered for. Okay, so one of the musicians who's consumed a lot of attention, and you know, let's say rightly so, mm. this year is. Taylor Swift, partly because of the music she's released, but here in Australia, I've never seen that much excitement for a tour announce. Ever. I have never, Mm. ever seen it. And she is unstoppable, it seems. She doesn't take a break. Um, So she has that sold out errors tour, which pretty much broke the internet and made everybody stop working in a bid to get tickets. So she's currently performing on the world's largest top grossing tour. But as much as her work ethic and her music, and I think she's been going at it since 2006, is a, is a real credit to her her talent and the business of Taylor Swift. Also in Australia, we announced a Swiftposium is going to take place. So a deeper, more academic look yeah, at her career. Yeah, which yeah. is the first of its kind of any living pop star because it's not just about Taylor Swift, it's the business of Taylor Swift. Yeah. And you've got to ask, how is she still so popular this many years on? She's so deep into her career. This is not a star that sort of burned brightly and then sort of mm-hmm. faded away. It's just kept on burning and getting bigger and bigger over time. Her first album was released in 2006. Mm. So that's about 17 years ago. And to see her at this level of fame and popularity um, it's incredible. What do you put it down to? I reckon it's her, she's incredibly talented and hardworking, but she hasn't really been embroiled in any major controversy. I mean, some have come her way, but it doesn't seem that she hasn't really picked any fights, taken a step wrong. She still has that all-American girl image. And I think that is what people love about her. I think it's because she's a great songwriter. Yeah. That's at the core of her art. Is, is songwriting and she writes her own music and she's good at it. Yep. And when you're good at it, you can be prolific and just put out lots of good music. If you're having to struggle to get songs finished, struggle with collaborating, um, writer's blocks, it's very hard to progress your career over a long period of time. Each album can get harder and harder. Mm. Um, but you, you watch her in the documentaries, the way she sits at the piano or the guitar and pieces music together. It's just incredible. And then the other side of it, I think the business side of it is that she's really in control of her own destiny. Yep. Her and her family run the Taylor Swift kind of empire. Yes. Um, they have control. And I think that has worked out financially. And it's also just probably really, really satisfying. You don't lose your way. And so many stories from artists over long periods of time, they end up arguing with their management or their labels. And, you know, she's had yep. some some dust-ups in, in that area as well. She's even re-released her own music. But that that control must give you a lot of satisfaction in your career that keeps driving you. Yeah, and I think part of that control is a carefully controlled and crafted image. And mm. I think her image yeah. is really working for her. Um, something else that has sent fans and gossip mags wild this year is her relationship with Kansas yeah. City Chiefs tight end, Travis Kelsey, um, <laughs> with her at... 
cheering for him and then him on tour with her. Um, and I think that has reignited, you know, even more passion and love for her. Yeah. I mean, what a trip for him too. Yeah, I absolutely. Mean, what a ride. I never knew who he was until he started dating yeah. her. So, Welcome to the global stage, mate. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. I imagine you were maybe a little bit cynical when you heard there was going to be a Barbie movie and you saw all the press, but what did you think of it? I bloody loved it. I mm. wanted to hate it. I actually even wrote op-ed pieces and was chatting about it as someone who never owned a Barbie, as someone who sees how problematic Barbie has been for women over the decades for a bunch of reasons, body image issues, representation issues, also what it does to the environment, a whole heap of plastic. I was intent on not liking it. And okay. then I went along, like I really primed <laughs> myself to not like it. What, what, why? What were your impressions and what, what concerned you about it? I was just like, do we need to be spending more time and money casting Barbie as some kind of feminist icon when really she has a really problematic legacy and has caused more eating disorders and more problems than things that she's supposedly fixed? But I think what the film did was it poked fun at that, that Barbie came into the real world, Margot Robbie, who was amazing in it, and she was setting herself up, like wondering why teenagers aren't congratulating her and wondering why there aren't female presidents and female construction workers. And I think the ability to make fun of itself was what really appealed to me, but also a shout out to Ryan Gosling, who I thought was hilarious and absolutely nailed the embattled, confused... (laughs) Ken, who lost his agency and didn't know what to do. Maybe that's a bit how Travis Kelsey feels right now. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally overshadowed by the bombshell. Um, but yes, I loved it. I thought it was really clever. I really, I think it really spoke to um, how Barbie has shifted over the times and really how waves of feminist generations have cast their debate and discussion onto Barbie. So it was the biggest film of the year. Is there any question about that or is that... No, that it clear? was that yeah. was it was it clearly the biggest film of the year. Another film um, that hit records was The Little Mermaid. And again, mm. that was another film that a lot of people wanted to dislike. And there was a lot of controversy and media frenzy around it because Ariel was played by a black actress. But the film did exceptionally well at the theatres, but it largely did well when it reached the streamers. The Little Mermaid made history as the most viewed Disney movie premiere on the streaming platform. Look, I didn't love it. My kids liked it. But I do think it was hilarious that the biggest controversy there was like, no, Little Mermaid, she shouldn't be black. And I was like, mate, like her best friend's a crab. Um, you know, like I we're think going we're, trans species, <laughs> let alone transracial. You yeah. know, and she brushes her hair with a fork. There are so many other. There are so Anything's many other possible <laughs> under the sea. There are so many other problems with that film, um, and her being black is the least of them. Okay, so let's talk about books. You said there were two. I guess you're talking about. Britney and Harry. I know that you read Harry. Harry. Yeah, I didn't get into the Britney Spears memoir, but saw a lot of the excerpts. One of the excerpts that did catch my attention um, was Britney Spears' admission to getting an abortion during her Mm. relationship with Justin Timberlake. And I remember at the time, there was so much interest about whether she was still a virgin. I watched a doco a couple of years ago, and those sorts of questions just wouldn't be asked of pop stars now. Like, have you had sex yet? Have you like it was just like this absolute and I I understand that her image was crafted to be the kind of the sexy good girl and that mm. was as much as her marketing team as it was the, the journalists but I'm like you just wouldn't ask that now I just think it would be completely inappropriate to take that sort of interest in someone's sex life mm. 
in in summary, both of these memoirs highlight that they both have shitty relationships with their family. Both are incredibly privileged, but also like quite burdened by their level of fame. Mm. Like there's feel quite a lot of sympathy and empathy with that. Yeah. Look, I, I don't know if there's much more that Brittany and and Harry have in common. Two very different people. They just released books in the same year. I mean, Harry's book was a really good book. Um, it, it gave a lot more context to the the choices he's made. They've done the television, the round of podcast and TV mm-hmm. interviews, the book. We've now had the coronation. The relationship was so fractured that Meghan wasn't even there for mm-hmm. it. Harry was there. It's a pretty somber picture. The most recent thing I read about them was that they didn't even make room for Harry on the plane to fly out from London to Balmoral when his grandmother died. And it's just it's just sort of starting to look a bit sad, the Harry and Meghan story. Mm-hmm. So I hope they can find it, you know, a way to a happy life from here. But then they need to mend they need to mend things with the family somehow. Did you feel more empathetic after reading the memoir? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It still didn't make me think they'd made the right choices in the last couple of years, mm. um, but certainly helped me understand why they made them. Now, speaking of memoirs, I feel like there's actually a new genre of, of memoir that has come about in the last couple of years, and that is the um, long-form streaming documentary series, mm. um, you know, based on a famous person. So uh, I think it started with Michael Jordan's documentary a couple yeah. of years ago, which is something that he essentially created and controlled, a story about him and his time with the Chicago Bulls. And then this year there's been a couple of massive ones, most recently the Robbie Williams one, which mm-hmm. I've been watching, um, but not long before the Beckham doco. So they follow a similar format, you know, long-form storytelling, um, big, deep, open interviews revealing lots of stories from the lives of these people. And I think, you know... They've been really interesting. I've seen bits and pieces of the the Beckham docuseries and I think it shows a cute dynamic between the the duo. It certainly has reignited interest in their relationship and how powerful a couple they are. Does it reveal much other than they have regular banter? There was that clip that went viral where uh, Victoria Beckham says something like, we were very working class. Mm. And, you know, that was hilarious when she gets pulled up on the fact that I think her dad drove a Rolls Royce and dropped her to school in that. Does it reveal anything we didn't know about them, though? No. But But the doco wasn't about them. It was really actually about him. It was about his career. Like it spent so much time going into the ups and downs of his football career and the way he was treated by the British press and how challenging that was and the drama of moving clubs and going to Madrid. And so the relationship was a big part of that, but it wasn't a, sure. it wasn't a doco about the relationship. Another big shift, and this is probably pop culture adjacent, but a lot of celebrities we're on this platform, and that's Twitter. We're now transformed to X. Um, so I think Elon Musk took a massive dump on Twitter. To be fair, it was already a pretty shitty place to be online, but he renamed it X. He introduced a bunch of other changes, um, and that includes removing that blue tick, um, which is how you could differentiate if somebody was or who they were, that their identity was who they purport to be. Um, and so then we saw threads come in um, with a similar format. I know that I jumped on threads. Mm. Did you jump on threads as oh, well? briefly. I know, and then I got really bored. The Elon Musk narrative, speaking of pop culture, has been an interesting one, and it also spans the last few years. I feel like a lot of like pandemic cultural bubbles are now sort of finally 
bursting. Yeah. You know, throughout the last few years, aside from pr- probably Donald Trump, Elon Musk became one of the most talked about people in the world. He yeah, was, he was he always was, trending. He was yeah. the centre of everything. He even hosted Saturday Night Live. Um, he then buys Twitter for an exorbitant price, Yeah, you know, pays at least $20 billion too much, essentially destroys it. Now, his posts are really questionable. He's being mm. accused of being anti-Semitic mm. or supporting anti-Semitic views, at least. And the platform seems to be messier than ever. And that's saying something. Yes. It's being, I think by killing Twitter, um, which essentially like a slow, painful death, he's also diluting his own voice because there's been a mass exodus. Mm. Uh, he used to, he used to be trending. What he said got shared so many times. Well, he seemed to love the influence that it that it got him, and and honestly, I think his ego drove him to make the purchase so he could increase that influence even more. I think that's a pretty good wrap, Antoinette, of mm. some of the big pop culture moments of the year. I guess it's often seen as kind of superficial, all this kind of stuff, but actually, it's not. I reckon even just what we're interested in says a lot about who we are. Uh, and where our heads are at. Yeah, and I think we've always been interested in Hollywood stars and their private lives, but what the pop culture trends of 2023 have done, two things. There's been a market shift in moviegoers. So Barbie, Oppenheimer, uh, The Little Mermaid saw an increase in those who largely stay at home and enjoy streaming. So that's Gen Z and millennials going so back, back to the theatre. Back to the theatre. Okay, and people buying hard copy books. That's mm. again, um, something that was struggling. And so those two memoirs, Britney Spears and Harry's memoir got people buying books. So, I mean, yes, we're fascinated by celebs, but it got people doing some things that we'd neglected for a little while, like buying books, hardcover books, and going to the movies. Well, human beings like to get together, and human beings like good stories, and that will go on forever, I suppose, no matter how trashy or tragic. Absolutely. Absolutely. 